Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, May 21st, 2016, and you're tuned in to a special Saturday night edition of The Missy Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and still not joining me once again is my lovely co-host, Dee. So Dee is still tied up in the stuff going on with her 9 to 5. I, um, I did get to see her briefly today, so once again, she sends her apologies that she wasn't able to join us. We are hoping that with our June 4th show, when we come back after this one, that she will be back. Hopefully all this work stuff will be over. She's been having to um, bring a lot of her work home with her. You know, she kind of does some of her stuff from home, and she does it, um, I guess, wirelessly now, however they call it, where you can work from home on your computer. So she's been kind of caught up with a lot of that stuff. So she does send her apologies that she still wasn't able to join us, but we're hoping once the month of May is out of here that the worst of her, their busy season will be over with. So it's just me again, but that's okay. We're still going to rock and roll and carry on as we've been doing. And you know what? I'm just glad to be home relaxing after a wild day of running errands and looking for the perfect wedding outfit. So that was kind of exhausting, but at the same time, I had fun. You know, anytime I'm shopping, that's pretty cool. Okay, and speaking of wild, tonight's episode is entitled Wild Animals as Pets, Is It Worth the Risk? Um, We'll be getting into that in just a moment, but before we do, I want to give out the answer to last night's pet trivia question because I actually got pretty late. I usually try to get the pet trivia question out maybe probably in the 7 o'clock hour I usually have that out, but had a lot going on at work myself, so I wasn't able to do that. So I kind of got it out, I think, about 8 p.m. last night, but I did do it. So um, let me go ahead and give out the question first, and it was kind of like a two-part question. Part of it was a bonus. So um, oddly, though, I got my trivia inspiration from a Christmas song. So even though we're in May right now, this question has a Christmas theme. Okay. So the first part of the question is, what different types of birds were named in the 12 days of Christmas song? And you get bonus points if you can name how many birds and on what day they're named. Okay, so you know the 12 days of Christmas. You know the deal about on the first day of Christmas, my true love came to me. You know, okay, sorry to... (laughs) Sorry to um, burden you guys with my bad singing, but that song. So I think most of you know that song. So what different types of birds are named in the 12 Days of Christmas? Because I I thought about that one because there are actually a lot of birds named in that song. And since birds are animals, I was like, okay, well, that could be a cool trivia question. I'll probably regret not using it in December, but, you know, since that was on my mind, I was like, okay, we'll use it now. Okay, so... Here is the answer to the first part. These are the different types of birds that were named or that are named in the song. There's a partridge. They named turtle doves, French hen, calling birds, whatever calling birds are. I thought that a lot of different types of birds made calls or whatever, but um, they also named geese, 
and swan. So you have a partridge, turtle dove, French hen, calling birds, geese, and swan. Okay, and the answer to the bonus question is, okay, there's one partridge, and, of course, that's the first day of Christmas. There are two turtle doves for day two, um, three French hens on the third day, four calling birds on the fourth day, six geese are laying, that's on the sixth day, and seven swans are swimming, that's on the seventh day. So you basically got, let's see, a partridge, turtle dove, French hen, calling birds, geese, and swan, different types of birds. If you're not calling, counting the calling birds, I guess that's kind of generic, then you're dealing with like five different types of birds. So birds are animals. So henceforth, there's your pet trivia question with a hint of Christmas mixed in there with that. Hopefully, by the time December comes, I can think of something else Christmas themed. So hopefully, I didn't use up my my last Christmas card in the month of May. But anyway, that was your pet pet trivia question for this week. So if you got a nice answer correct, either you know your birds, you know your Christmas song, or you're just really good at looking stuff up online. But I'm going to assume it wasn't the last one because Missy knows her listeners are smart. So we're just going to assume that you just knew your birds or you knew your Christmas stuff. Um, I would normally at this point say to check out our blog site for next week's pet trivia question. But this upcoming week, we will not have a featured pet or pet trivia question because I'll be deep in family festivities, which is also why we won't have a show next Saturday on May 28th. But we will return with all new episodes on June 4th. But feel free to catch up on any blog post that you might have missed on she'sautority.blogspot.com. So that's where you can find all my past um, posts um, at Missy's blog. Um, if you'd like to join in tonight's conversation, you can hit me up at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie, and that's S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. Links from info used in tonight's episode will be posted after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. And don't forget to check out our website from time to time themissyshow.weebly.com, and Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y. Now, on to wild animals as pets. Is it worth the risk? Okay. First off, let me start by saying that I think in most cases it would be a really bad idea. I can't think of too many areas where it would be a good idea to have a wild animal as a pet. Um, especially when you're talking about any of the big cats, lions, tigers, leopards, anything like that. Or then you have some people who do crazy things like try to have alligators and bears. Either way, all of that just sounds like bad news to me. But then what about animals that might not be as intimidating? You know, they might not look as scary or intimidating, but they're nonetheless wild. So we're going to let the experts weigh in on that subject. But First off, I want to define what exactly is a wild animal. So let me come over here to my site, and this one is aza.org, 
and I will post a link to this one after the show. And sometimes when I do these late-night shows, guys, I don't get to post my stuff right after because sometimes I get kind of sleepy or I get a little bit lazy. So it may be sometime in the morning before I get the links posted. It just depends on how I'm feeling. I'm, I may get it posted tonight. Okay, so on aza.org, they define what is a wild animal. That's a good question. And let's see, wild animals have lived for thousands and thousands of years without the direct influence of humans. They have adaptations that help them survive in their own complex environment. They are not well adapted to living in your house. So that's their definition of a wild animal. A wild animal has lived, is an animal that's lived for thousands and thousands of years without the direct influence of humans. So obviously dogs and cats are not wild animals. You know, they've lived around humans now for, for a long time, but any animal where they haven't had the direct influence of humans and they have adaptations that help them survive in their own complex environment and they're not well adapted to living in your home, that would be defined as a wild animal. They go on to ask the question, what's wrong with having a wild animal as a pet? I think most of us could come up with plenty of answers to that, but I'm going to, you know, tell you what these guys say. Okay, their first reason is you can't provide the right home for them. Wild animals have complex behavioral, social, nutritional, and psychological needs. Most people simply cannot meet the needs of wild animals kept as pets. Wild animals need to be with members of their own species, not humans. So that, that makes sense. Um, the next thing is as to what's wrong with having them as a pet, taking them from the wild can endanger the species. Parrots are the world's most endangered family of birds due to devastation from the international pet trade. The enormous global demand for exotic pets is fueling the illegal capture and trade of millions of birds, mammals, and reptiles annually, most of which die while being captured or transported. So that's not cool, especially when you have crazy people out there who are just, you know, snatching the birds or snatching animals out of captivity just so they can sell them. You know, you got a bunch of black market stuff going on, so so that's not cool. So you're endangering the species by doing that. Okay, here's the main thing that comes to mind with me, because when I, I thought of this show, I thought about um, that show that used to come on Animal Planet. It may still come on, called Fatal Attractions, and you would see, like, some of these tragic stories of sometimes people getting killed by the wild animals that they tried, tried to have as pets or either they got seriously hurt or maimed. So their third reason is you could get hurt. I mean, this is the one that makes the most sense. Keeping wild animals as pets can be dangerous. They can bite, scratch, attack their owners and their owner's children and guests. Animal owners are legally responsible for any damage, injuries, or illnesses caused by their animals. Finding new homes for large, hard-to-handle animals can be difficult, if not impossible particularly since most zoos are unable to accept them. That's another thing. You really have to be responsible when you're thinking about taking on a wild animal because I think the first question I would just ask myself, besides the part about how dangerous it could be and what type of danger I'm putting myself and my family in, is if this doesn't work out, what do I do with this wild animal? 
if if you take on a tiger or a lion or something, if you're able to pull that off in the first place, if it doesn't work out, I mean, what are you going to do with that animal? Because you can't just release it out into the neighborhood or something. And, you know, sometimes it may be kind of hard to find the sanctuary that will take it or whatnot, depending on what area you're in. And you got to arrange for transportation. It's, it's just a lot. And like they were saying, sometimes zoos won't take them, you know, so you can't just sit up and assume, oh, if it doesn't work out, well, we can just give them to a zoo or we can just see if the circus wants them or something. So you have to really think about that and think about the safety of your own family. Not only that, even just think about the animal and what you're putting them through, and it's just stressful on them because they're not in their natural habitat. Um, this one was interesting. Um, another reason why it's probably not a good idea to have a wild animal as a pet is you could get sick. Here it says, wild animals carry diseases dangerous to humans. Some diseases are not curable and can be fatal. Diseases include rabies. I think most of us know about that. Something called distemper, herpes viruses, you wouldn't think that, salmonella, heard of that one, polio, tuberculosis, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and bubonic plague. Now, you kind of think of bubonic plague being something that, you know, has been eradicated or whatnot. You know, it killed a lot of people, I think, back in the Middle Ages or whatnot. Some of these wild animals can carry bubonic plague. And I, I think that's something that, like, I don't know, I, I want to say I've heard that rats can carry it. Not like pet mice or something, but um, there's just all these different types of things that you can get from wild animals. Um, also, wild animals also harbor parasites, such as, Scarid worms, tapeworms, flukes, and protozoa. I don't know what a scarid worms are, but they don't sound like something that I would want in my body. So that's probably a very good idea, you know, to not have a wild animal. You could get some diseases that just don't sound very nice. Um, also, here's another thing. It will probably be illegal. Um, many state county and city ordinances prohibit the ownership of wild animals as pets. Um, let's see here. That was a lot of good information, but I want to come over to this is the humanesociety.org, and they give some of the same reasons as the site that I was just previously on. But here they kind of go into a little more detail or they kind of give a few um, extra pointers. They were also, they say caring for wild animals is difficult or impossible. Despite what animal sellers may say, appropriate care for wild animals requires considerable expertise, specialized facilities, and lifelong dedication to the animals. Their nutritional and social needs are demanding to meet and in many cases are unknown. They often grow to be larger, stronger, and more dangerous than owners expect or can manage. Even small monkeys and small cats, such as ocelots, can inflict serious injuries, especially on children. Wild animals also pose danger to human health and safety through disease and parasites, which is what the other side was saying. So, yeah, a lot of times it's, it's just a lot to handle, and you have some people where they will get these, little lion cubs or tiger cubs, and maybe it's easy to care for them when they're in the cub phase. You know, maybe it doesn't cost as much, but 
they don't say cubs, and that's the thing you have to think about because me, I, I adore cats. I love all kinds of cats. I like house cats. I, I like, you know, the baby cheetahs, the, the baby lions. They're all so adorable. And you get this feeling that it's like, I could have one of those. I could handle that. But it's the fact that they're going to grow up. They're not going to stay that size. There is no such thing. I think it's a miniature lion, like with miniature poodles and some of these other animals that are going to stay small. There is no such thing as a toy lion or a toy tiger, and hopefully they won't try to mess with genetics and make something like that. But um, they're going to grow up, and you have to think about how much it's going to cost to be able to feed them all the, the pounds and pounds of raw meat that they need, you know, just, just um, the, the proper housing of them, you know, having an enclosure for them. It's really expensive, and that's something else that you have to think about before you take that on. I know in um, my um, local area here, there was, um, this was many years ago because I want to say I was even in school, and there was someone um from this area that actually had a lion. They had a pet lion in the city limits, and I don't think it was legal anyway, but it got to the point that I don't think that they could financially afford to have that lion, and the lion was getting very malnourished and everything, and it made the news and everything. And I don't know whether the owner actually just admitted that, hey, I can't care for this lion anymore, I need some help, or whether someone just reported them and um, the authorities were alerted. But luckily in this lion's case, um, they were actually able to get the lion and they transported it to a zoo some miles away. And I think they were actually able to get the lion back in good health. But these people, you know, they just didn't have the finances to give the lion all the pounds of raw meat that it needed per day and in just whatever else that a lion needs. They they just didn't have the means to, you know, take care of them. Um also, you also have to consider that you have to find a vet who would be willing to, you know, see about these wild animals. They they also need vet care, and probably just the local, just local average veterinarian isn't going to really know how to deal with that. So that's something else you have to consider. Um, trying to see something else that the Humane Society brings up. Um. They make a point about that domestication takes centuries. Wild animals are not domesticated simply by being captive-born or hand-raised. It's a different story with dogs and cats who have been domesticated by selective breeding for desired traits over thousands of years. These special animal companions depend on humans for food, shelter, vet care, and affection. Wild animals by nature are self-sufficient and fare best without our interference. The instinctive behavior of these animals make them unsuitable as pets. Um, also, they go on to say that capturing wild animals threatens their survival. The global wildlife trade threatens the very existence of some species in their native habitat. When wild-caught animals are kept as pets, their suffering may begin with capture. Every year, countless birds and reptiles suffer and die on the journey to the pet store. Animals meant to live in the wild may languish in a cramped backyard cage or circle endlessly in a cat carrier or aquarium. Often they become sick or die because their owners are unable to care for them, care for them properly. 
Captive breeding is no solution. It does not take the wild out of wildlife. So sometimes I just think it boils down to an ethical issue. And it's, my, my thing is if the animals are better off left in the wild, just let them stay in the wild. I mean, I don't understand why we as humans can't just stick with domesticated animals. You know, we can just stick with dogs, cats, you know, th- things like that, other domesticated pets. I don't think we need these exotic animals because if we're doing more harm than good and they're suffering because they're not in their natural habitat, they're not comfortable, you know, it, it's just not worth it to me, you know, because it just sounds like just the average person isn't going to be able to properly care for them. Um, I know I looked at this thing. I can't remember the name of the movie or, like, documentary, but they were talking about, like, the orcas, you know, like the um, – killer whales that they have at like SeaWorld and me and Dee, I think we did a show where we talked about that and it just talks about how that's not their natural habitat and so no matter how much room they have in the aquarium environment it's still not enough room for them these are huge creatures and they're used to like being out in the open ocean or sea or whatever and they kind of put them in an environment where they just don't have enough room and and they they're just suffering, you know. I mean, it was a heartbreaking documentary to look at, and you know, it made me view things like zoos and circuses a lot differently because um, I've actually never been to a circus. I have been to a zoo, and I mean, it is a wonderful experience to be able to see certain animals, you know, a bit more up close and personal that you wouldn't be able to see otherwise, other than just seeing them on TV. But when I think about the fact that a lot of those animals get depressed and what they go through, it just, it made me not look at those type of scenarios the same anymore. So I don't think that I would really want to participate in going to a zoo. And I mean, I, and I thought Animal Kingdom was gorgeous at Disney um, when I went. I think I was last there. Uh, it's probably been over a decade, but it was really gorgeous, but even even there, I, I don't know whether they're better off there, whether they have more room to roam, but still it's, it's a form of captivity, so they're still not in their, their native land. So, you know, it, it just sort of makes me look at all of those things differently. And no disrespect to the people who work at, at zoos or at Animal Kingdom or at SeaWorld, no disrespect or anything like that, but, you know, I just think, that sometimes we take it a little too far just for the sake of being entertained or just, just so we can say, oh, there's a zebra or, oh, there, there's an orca or whatever. I, I just think it would be better to just, we, we would just have to settle with either seeing them on TV or just maybe go on a safari or something, like like if you're over in Africa or wherever, and they just kind of let you be able to see them just in their, their natural environment. But that's just me. But, um there was another site that I wanted to share with you guys. And once again, bear with me. When it's just me, sometimes I find that my voice starts to give out. And also because it's later, it's, it's kind of fanning out too. But this one is on exoticpets.about.com. And I wanted to... This one talks about um, domestic animals, wild animals, and exotic pets. And they were saying that the distinction between wild animals and domestic animals can be fuzzy at times. 
Domesticated animals are those that have been bred in captivity for a number of generations, but the precise number of generations in captivity needed to qualify as domesticated is not easy to define. All domesticated animals were once wild animals, so where is the line drawn? There is a tendency to equate exotic pets with non-domestic animals, but this distinction depends on your definition of exotic pet. Here, I consider exotic pets to be anything that is not a dog, cat, bird, fish, or horse. In this context, several species of exotic pets are considered domesticated, including but not limited to rabbits, ferrets, hamsters, guinea pigs, chinchillas, gerbils, fancy rats, never heard of fancy rats, mice and mice llamas and alpacas. Some of these have been bred in captivity for hundreds of years. Many other exotic pet species have been bred in captivity for many years and could probably be considered to be at least partially domesticated. However, being bred in captivity for even several generations does not make an animal domesticated, and the animal's wild instincts tend to be retained, and depending on the animal, these wild instincts can be potentially destructive or dangerous. So you kind of got a blurry line there, as they say, between domestic animal, wild animal, exotic pet. Um And I was looking at this about potential problems with keeping wild animals as pets. And the main thing that I see here that, that they bring up again is stressful for the animal. The stress of capture and transport and improper care in captivity can cause illness or death. Even for captive bred animals, being kept in confined spaces and the inability to exhibit natural behavior can be very stressful. Then you've got illegal smuggling. There's a healthy black market for wild animals and related products, which appears to be a growing problem. Um, let's see. Yeah, they talk about the exotic diseases again. Um, wild animals often become problem pets. Wild animals often become very difficult pets, especially once they reach maturity and or full size. They can be aggressive, and some larger pets are dangerous Dangerous simply due to the combination of sheer strength and natural instinct. Just like I've seen videos of just like, you know, pet lions or pet tigers, and they're just playing around, you know, but because they're just because of their sheer size and strength, they could end up hurting you. They may just be trying to play with you just like Missy would play with me, and they, they're just trying to pounce on you, but that's just the thing. You could end up getting hurt. You know, they may not even mean to hurt you, but it's just the fact that they're just so big and they just weigh so much and they have claws and they have sharp teeth. And when Missy would bite me, it's kind of like, okay, you know, that would hurt bad enough and she's even drawn blood on me before when she would bite my heels. So imagine if you just have a pet tiger or something and it might even be still somewhat a cub, but their teeth are much sharper than Missy's and you just end up getting hurt even if they're not intending to hurt you. So it's just a lot of different things that you have to consider when taking on wild animals as pets. And also you you just you got a lot of ethics involved, but you also even have to consider like your local laws at the city and county level because um, they were saying don't rely on information from the Internet and don't assume just because you can find an animal for sale locally that it's legal where you are. Get official confirmation. 
ignorance of the law will not protect you or your pet if you're turned in or discovered and your pet will likely be confiscated. So here's my main, you know, take home with that. Just just use common sense, and I think you should just think about what your reasons are for wanting a wild animal. Um, think about the safety of your family. Put you and your family first, and then just think about the animal. Is it worth it to put them under the stress, especially if you don't have the the um, resources to properly, you know, take care of that animal, if you don't have enough money to give them the amount of food that they're going to need, vet care, uh, the proper enclosures that they need. Just take all of that into consideration. Also take into consideration your own health and animal health. So based on what we went over in the show, I just say use your better judgment. But my conclusion is I just prefer to have the animals stay in their natural habitat, be happy, be free, all that good stuff. Well, once again, I'm going to stay where I did last week, and I'm going to go ahead and end it and actually have a little bit of time left. I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in, and hopefully Dee will be back with us when we come back on June 4th. Keep in mind this Saturday, May 28th, we will not air. We will actually just be taking a brief little break, but we will be back with a brand new episode. I think it's going to be rainy day pet activities when we come back on June 4th. Well, here's wishing you guys a happy remainder of your weekend. Thank you for listening once again. Much love, and we will see you on June 4th. Bye.